You know, Dano Seasoning is changing the world one table at a time by offering the best all-natural low-sodium seasoning products on the market. Dano's goals are to provide you with real flavors to make healthier food choices without ever having to sacrifice the real taste. Dano's includes low sodium, which is only 50 milligrams per serving. It has all natural unrefined sea salt. There's no sugar, no MSG, no chemicals, and it's completely gluten-free. Also, there's 100% natural ingredients. Dano's seasoning is the most versatile seasoning on the market. Grill, smoke, bake, create soups, sauces, marinades. You can also sprinkle Danos on your eggs, your potatoes, maybe some pizza, maybe some pasta, and even while you're watching a movie, sprinkle some Danos on popcorn. Heck, if you're crazy, why don't you put some Danos on ice cream? Any food that exists, you can put some Danos on it. Go to danosseasoning.com, use my promo code HodgePodge, capital H and a capital P in HodgePodge. Guys, remember to do that. Um, just like the spelling of the podcast, a capital H and a capital P in HodgePodge. You can try all three flavors, which include original, spicy, and hot chipotle right now today. It's damn good. Yum, yum. Get you some. We are sponsored by Raise Energy. Powered by the enhanced refresh technology, Raise Energy delivers with a performance-enhancing energy drink that aids in the most often overlooked categories. Raise Energy targets focus, enhances your recovery time, improves clean energy levels, and boosts your stamina and hydration. Most importantly, each single can of Raise Energy has absolutely zero calories, zero sugar, and zero carbohydrates, which that gives you a smarter and more healthier option. You should not have to settle for an energy drink that contains more sugar and carbs than you can count. Opt for the number one fan-voted energy drink on the market today with Raise Energy. If you want to get yourself a can of Raise Energy, go to repsports.com, R-E-P-P, sports.com. Use my promo code HPP1000, HPP1000 at checkout, and you will receive a generous discount. To the HodgePodge podcast. I'm your host, as always, Dylan Hodge, but you guys already know that. Thanks for joining in on the podcast today. Um, wherever you are, wherever you downloaded this this episode, I I genuinely uh, thank you. And sorry for last week's uh, replay episode. I was uh, feeling down, uh, not feeling the best in the world. So we didn't record any last week, uh, but by God, we're back this week, and Alex Miller is on the show today. Uh, He was on season 19 of American Idol. Uh, He was the guy that was the very country Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, Luke Bryan got up and sang with him. Um, It's it's a very cool experience when you get to interview these these types of guests because they know what it's like in the limelight. Did that make sense? Uh, so Alex is talking today 
about his American Idol experience. Not a lot, because I didn't want to get into the nitty-gritty like a lot of people do want to talk strictly uh, American Idol. But we do talk about a little bit of his time on American Idol, kind of his mental state going in there and performing in front of the judges. Uh, He also talks about his music, uh, his new song, When God Made the South. Here's a very cool thing we did. So in the episode, you're going to hear a break. And I ask Alex to sing a verse and a chorus of the song, which I did not prepare for. uh, But he had his guitar out, looked like he wanted to play. And so I was like, hey, hit me with this. And that is just a... This is the first ever podcast exclusive. Uh, we're gonna we're, we put it up on the social medias and we put it up on YouTube. And by God, they're doing good. Um, Alex chats also about performing at the Ryman Auditorium, which was his very first time performing in Nashville, Tennessee, alone. And we get into kind of a a very uplifting subject about why you do things for the ones that you love. And he has a story about his grandfather. I share one about my grandmother. It's a um, a very intense 40-minute podcast. So here we go. Without further ado, let's go over right now to Alex Miller on the HodgePodge podcast. Right here. Right now. Hey there. How you doing this morning? What's up, dude? How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Good to see you. Good, man. Look, man, my camera is giving me so much trouble. So I apologize if I have to stop video in the middle of it. I don't know what's going on with it, <laughs> but uh, I apologize about that if anything happens. Oh, you're fine, man. I Listen, buddy, I understand technical difficulties. We always say that everything runs on FM, which is friggin' magic. So uh, <laughs> don't feel bad. <laughs> Well, man, look, thanks for uh, thanks for joining me today. Um, I know we only got you here like 30 minutes, but uh, I thank you for, for for taking the time to do this. And it's whatever we need. If you need more time, then more time is what we'll do. Okay. Well, dude, I, uh, I love your posters in the back, your movie posters. I love those. Uh, you got <laughs> Mary Ellen Kay. I mean, it's, it's a classic, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, these are some old. Them are some old ones. I, I bought them at an estate sale, and I thought, well, I had to hang these up in here. I thought that would look really cool for interviews and things like that. So, right, uh, been getting a lot of people saying they like them. So, thank you. Yeah, so like I'm a big movie nerd as well as a music nerd, and so like, what what is like one of your all time favorite movies? Like you seem like like just from your voice, you're being from Louisville. You know the, the way you sing, you kind of like John Wayne esque. You know, uh, uh, old Burt Reynolds. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. As far as a favorite movie, I mean, I like all kinds of different things. I like movies that make me think, which is kind (laughs) of weird. So I I do like the old Westerns. Uh, I remember watching like Roy Rogers and Gene Autry with my granddad along whenever I was a little kid. Right. But uh, I remember uh, movies that make me think like there was one I remember watching as a kid called Groundhog Day, where he had the same day over and over and over again. I really like that movie. Bill Murray. Uh, Being a songwriter, I like those kind of weird uh, weirdly written movies are not weird they're just different and uh, i always yep. like them kind of because they make you think and a song that's what i want to do with my song right to make people think or make people pay attention so uh that was always kind of a, a interesting thing to me so you're in you're in louisville right now yes uh, i'm from lancaster kentucky yeah a little bitty okay. town we're south okay. of lexington they're, we're all l towns here like lancaster <laughs> lexington louisville no problem man <laughs> yeah so so you know, it's cool to see somebody from Louisville because I have a good friend there. He does Dano seasoning. Dano is out of Louisville. 
And then I got another friend, Jim Cornette, which I'm a big wrestling nerd. So like Jim Cornette is like everything to me than Louisville. So uh, I, I love talking to people from Kentucky because they're like the people from Mississippi. They're the same as country as we are. They just sound a lot different. <laughs> yeah. We, we got, we got a thicker draw. It seems like, and, and it depends right. on, depends on the area too. You know, it, it, for me though, when I, I started doing this, you know, full time, I I went to voice lessons, like, like voice therapy because I hated the way I didn't hate the way I sounded, but it didn't sound like Howard Stern. It didn't sound like, you know, it didn't sound like Casey Kasem. It sounded terrible. It didn't sound like Jimmy Kimmel. It was, it sounded like Jeff Foxworthy if he started <laughs> a late show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, you know, uh, my accent's a blessing and a curse. And here's the way I look at it. You know, some people, say man you got an accent i say yes sir i can't shake it and you know i mean people people uh up north especially really enjoy the accent because they don't they're not really exposed to it that much unless they meet somebody like me or somebody from mississippi or this that and the other so don't be a don't be ashamed your accent it's an asset trust me well with with your draw coming out i i I can pretty much guarantee my mississippi slang is going to start coming because i'll use like words like ain't or i'll use like smack dab in the middle and i'll get emails that are like Use words everybody knows. And I'm like, you don't know what smack dab means? That means right we're just, there. We're just educating. <laughs> They're just getting education. That's why I don't understand it. Education. <laughs> well, dude, so uh, where are you at right now? You, are you in like a studio? Is that your studio where you record music? Yes, yeah, so this is like at? a little little home studio thing I've got here at, uh, at the house. And uh, it, it works great. I, I've got some posters hanging around the wall and things like that. And uh, it works really good. You in school? Like you college? How's that going? My education, I guess I'm in the school of hard knocks, but uh, uh, I'm a, no, I'm not necessarily, I'm, I'm working full time doing the music thing. So uh, it keeps me busy enough. Keeps you really busy, huh? <laughs> yes, it does. Yes, it does. So what does, what does, Alex, what does a normal day look like for you? Like, let's, it, let, let, let's kind of, yeah, I'm, you're fine. No, I'm sorry. Let's take it. Let's take it a step further. When you have musicianal stuff to do artist stuff to do what's your day like you know it, it reminds me a lot and i grew up on a farm so like every day was different for me i'd be you know setting fence posts or cutting hay one right. day or this that and the other so it reminds me a lot of that some days i'm doing interviews like this and other days i'm writing in fact monday i was down writing uh in nashville so every day is a little different for me uh as, as far as like the artistry stuff you know i'm always i'm always thinking about writing and sometimes a mood will hit me and a, a day will be a writing day where i'll just sit down and write my ideas out uh, another day will be like this you know doing interviews and things which is always fun for me uh also uh you know some days i gotta take stuff for myself so in the summer if i got a day home uh, i'll go fishing or do something like that and i try to go to the gym quite a bit so uh you know do three or four different things like that just to keep myself grounded and uh, I still do some work on the farm every now and then. Man, look, I took FFA. I went to an agricultural <laughs> high school. I am from Mississippi, but I am as femalified as you could get as a guy, I think. <laughs> man, I can't st- – I'm a germaphobe. I hate my shoes getting dirty. I I hate it. And it's like I took it for for an easy cop-out of science because it was like – four credits or something like if you took all four years you didn't have to take any other science so i was like that works you know dude i i effing hated it you had to tie i mean i hate i'm scared of animals <laughs> like <laughs> i remember one time man uh, my teacher his name was mr dale and he was like we're trying they were trying to like castrate a bull they were trying to do something with a bull 
And of course, mm-hmm. I, I I'm a big heavy set guy, right? I, I was 250 in school probably, and he goes, "Once you to go corner that bull, Dylan." And I go, "Damn you, like that." And he was like, he was like, "Are you scared?" It's like, who wouldn't be scared? I'm cornering a bull. And so I remember <clears throat> he would call me pansy and all that. I had to go sit in the truck. But I, that was oh, that was like, that was daily life. Oh no, it was, <laughs> that was daily life. I hated it, man. <laughs> FFA was was really good to me, and uh, yeah, I and what I learned from it was the leadership side of things and right how to be right. a good business person and things like that. And, and and it does do a lot for that. You know, it's it's for boys and girls, so don't feel bad. It uh, it uh, it's a it's a fun. It was fun for me. You know, I was a farm kid, so I could I can I can corner a bull. I'm sorry, but uh, <laughs> we uh, we we've, we've done all that kind of stuff, and and that was that was a lot of fun. And I, I encourage anybody that has yeah. an interest in farming or has an interest in business. If you want to be a successful business person, there you FFA go. teaches you how to keep your books, how to do all that kind of stuff. And it, it teaches you more than home ec. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, I didn't, I was not in FFA. I was in agriculture. I didn't join the, the future farmers of America, but just from class alone, you learned that you, you learned how to work. So like, mm-hmm. shall I say like, cause for me, my dad growing up was a hard ass. So like I was always working. I was always doing, so I didn't grow up on a farm, but I might as well have, you know, it was, it was just summer. You're you're a kid. You're not going to enjoy your summer. You're going to go work. You're going to build this house with me. You're going to learn that you need to go to school because this is what you're going to do if you don't go to school. And, and I learned that with agriculture, it was kind of the same way. It was like for kids that did it, like, I don't know if everybody should take it because I don't think it is for everybody, but I think it's for like, like military school. Like for example, for those like for those kids like that need to go to that because they learn how to work. They learn how to, how to, you know, like grow things. Like I, I, I'm not the best at it, but I think if I had to, I could grow a field full of crops. I, I don't want to, but I could if I had to. Like I'm watching The Last of Us now, and if zombie apocalypse happened, I think I can grow a couple heads of lettuce or something. <laughs> Anything to make you get by, that's for sure. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of people took uh, took ag whenever I was in school for easy credit, and you know, I mean, I, I get that too. But it, I, I enjoyed it, and, and you know, coming from that background, I, was, I that's kind of what I was supposed to do was take FFA and ag class stuff. And I understand a lot of people kind of get thrown in it that don't necessarily want to be there too. So if you if you're done that way, then I understand why you wouldn't like it. No, no, I do have a serious question about because you because you were grew up on a farm and you did take mm-hmm. FFA. I would assume it would be like if you literally grew up on a farm and everybody knew about it at school, it would kind of be like a foreign exchange student not being able to take Spanish or French because you kind of know the you know what I mean? Like does that make sense? Yes, it's kind of like that. We I mean, if you was, if you was an ag kid or, or you know, that's kind of what we were generally termed, um, you know, you just you just you were, you knew what you were. You know, you didn't have to I mean, I took foreign language. Right. I didn't learn right. anything. Only thing I learned out of my foreign language was El Bano, por favor. Can I get out of this classroom, please? Or can I right. go to the bathroom or something? But um, I think that, uh, you know, what you're interested in, if, you, if you're interested in foreign language, that's what you need to take. And when I was an ag kid, that was my interest. So right. uh, I think that that was good for me to take those for sure. So do you do a lot of interviews? Like have you done a lot in the past, however many years it's been? Yeah, it's somewhere up in the two or 300 range. So when you're so when you're doing these, what's yes. what's one question that you know someone's gonna ask you? Like without fail, you know they're gonna say this or ask me this. Well, uh, most of the time it's it's either one of two things. Uh, how tall okay. are you? Okay, because I get a lot of that. 
really? and I'm six foot six. And another thing was how was American Idol? That was, that's my number one. Um, and you know, Idol was, has been really good to me and, you know, I've done a lot of things and, uh, you know, Idol was two years ago now. So I'm, you know, trying to develop my career and keep that ball rolling and it's, it's rolling pretty fast down the hill. I'll say that. Yeah. I do want to talk about American Idol, but I'm not going to yeah. ask, the, I'm not going to ask the formal questions everybody asks, because that's the whole point of me doing this interview is people that are fans of you, Alex, and of you, mm-hmm. they, if, if they're true fans and they listen to everything that you've done interview wise, they're going to know the same questions as you do. They're going to know the answers. So I, oh, yeah. I, I look to do this as I'm going to ask something that a lot of people don't ask because you don't know the answers to, and you want to know it. If, if people get offended by the questions, that's not, you know, you know it's, it's not, I'm not trying to, it's just, I want to know other stuff that a lot of people can't, you know, can't delve into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're pulling it out of me. I like it. Well, so what's one question or topic that, you know, you're never going to get asked about and you go, man, I feel this way today. I wish somebody would ask me about this. Uh, say I never get asked about like, what's my, you know, my instruments or guitars or things like that. And what, musical equipment i recommend i never get asked anything like that which is kind of funny being a guitar player and things but uh that seems like uh, people are more interested and i get it the idol stuff is very cool and you know yeah. and, and i i love talking about it but i never get to talk about you know instruments or guitars or what i'm what i think's a cool guitar or what i think sucks you know i never get asked anything like that yeah so they and, and this is no offense to anybody that does this but they're they're they're, they're getting it for the clickbait for, for the downloads for Alex Miller talks about the jerk Katie Perry, or whoever, you know what I mean? Whatever yeah, 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 it may yeah. be, they're looking for the clickbait, which, which is a great thing to have. But once you realize that, Oh, it's clickbait. He's just said one thing. It kind of goes in one ear and out the other. And it kind of makes you like, not you, but the interviewer, not as legit as you thought they were. That makes sense. Yeah, for sure. So when, when I, I took guitar lessons for a few years, uh, when I was, uh, I was maybe 10 or 11, 12, maybe uh, along those wanes. And I was taught by my guitar teacher that an electric guitar is the easiest thing to learn on other than acoustic. Like he was like, if you play an acoustic guitar and you're learning to play, you're going to give up 10 times easier than you would if you played an electric guitar. That's very true. Um, and the, the thing of it is, is the size of the strings. You know, as a kid, these uh, acoustic strings are wound thicker than electric set so like there's numbers for them too so like a, a standard what i use is mediums and they go to like i think 11 is the thickest one uh, and, and the smallest one is 11 and then like on electric guitar you can uh, they're usually tens or nines or somewhere in there uh, as far as the low the high e string so most of the time that's why it's a lot easier to learn on electric and a lot of times on an acoustic guitar you never know what you're going to get because then cheaper ones are, and, and i i started on a little Indian it was called an Indiana guitar it was like a Spanish guitar type deal with a, with acoustic strings on it uh it was it was a wild deal and uh, mm-hmm. most of the time you're supposed to have like nylon strings on the things but we didn't know no better so <laughs> we put those on there uh and uh yes electric is way easier because the the strings for one will sit lower to your fretboard that way you can get your fingers on there a lot easier that's what I always was told and, I, and there's a lot of truth in that that's that's fact I had uh we bought the guitar from him it was like a few hundred dollars and i think it was it was one of those like an eagle brand strat you know what i'm mm-hmm. talking about like now yep. apparently they're like very rare and i like gave up guitar and like gave it away years ago 
And now I'm like, man, I wish I would have because they're going for a lot of money now. Mm -hmm. um, so typically you use medium strings. What mm -hmm. What is it typically for like a musician in Nashville? Like what, what type of, what size? I, I know it differs on every artist, but what's yeah. typical string size that they use? So typically the, they use a light string. And um, mm -hmm. I, I use mediums because it gives you a little more, a little more volume. Okay. Um, uh, light, lighter strings don't give you as much punch, but most of the time, uh, for a guy in Nashville, they play acoustic and electric, at, you know, both of them at the same time, which are the same thing, but some people think that they're uh, different, but they play the same. Um, but uh, so an electric, you know, they'll have a little lighter gauge string in the first place. So an electric player going to an acoustic, um, a lighter string would obviously make sense because that's what they're used to kind of playing on. So uh, I use mediums because it's more of a, it's more of a bluegrass kind of old school country thing. Right. You get a lot more. I can bite out of them is, is the word I would use to describe it. It's, it's a lot more punch, you know, it gives you a lot more, oomph, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, and even heavier strings do the same thing. And uh, you just got to know, kind you got to kind of buy different sets and try different sets on your guitar to kind of feel what you like. So I started, I started with light strings and uh, I found that I wasn't getting like when I would play with a bunch of people, I'd get buried. And so I asked them, I said, you know, what do y'all recommend? And I use elixir strings. They're a little bit more expensive, but they last a lot longer. And uh, that's what I've always used as far as strings. And, and medium's always been the gauge, too, because then I, I got that punch and that bite out of my instrument. So there's there you go. Do you use pedals at all? Yeah. Uh, I use uh, – so I, I play steel, too. So right. I play a little, like, lap Hawaiian kind of steel. I guess more Hawaiian steel guitar than it would be okay. anything else. But uh, I use a, a volume pedal with it, and it's a showbud pedal. And then I got a Fender one that's a volume and a tone. So volume's up and down and tone side to side, which it's really cool. I enjoy playing with that. Um, but as far as like other pedals, I use like a Keeley compressor uh, whenever I'm out playing. And with my electric guitar, um, I use, um, I got this cool one. It's called a Memphis Sun. It's a Keeley product as well. And then it gives you that like slap back echo kind of thing from like the forties and the fifties, mm -hmm. like on the old records, it's kind of like the Elvis sound is the way I would describe yeah. it. But I use, I use that and uh, a tuner and uh, I have an AB switch. I run my steel and my electric through the same group of panels. And so it kind of gives it them both the same sound. It's, it's really a cool thing. Uh, yeah. And it works better because it saves us a channel. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I love listening to like, uh, for me, like John Mayer, when he recorded Rosie on like the search for everything, the pedal sounds, you could hear it go. Wah, wah. Like it was just the, it was yeah. the most coolest sound. And, you know, he used, I was listening to, like I said, I'm, I'm a music nerd. I, I just, I love when he was, you know, John Mayer was talking about how he was using the very, the lightest strings possible because it can make his guitar do different things than a different size string. You know, like, does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure yeah. it makes sense to you, but. Oh yeah, it sure does. Like uh, Billy Gibbons is the same thing. He's got extra, extra light strings. They're like eights or something. And they, you can bend them, bend the, the bottom one all the way up to the top kind of deal. It's, it's a wild thing he can do. Yeah. But uh, like with this one, I can't, I can maybe bend it uh, a tone and a half or something like that. You can't get, you can't really go that extreme with bending on an acoustic in the first place, but you really, <laughs> it's not, it's not built for that. As my papa used to say, it's not built for that, son. You ain't supposed to use it that way. Yeah. So 
let's go back a couple years ago, Alex. Yeah. When you when you did American Idol. I don't want to spend too much time on it because I know you talk about this all the time. You're but fine. I, Lord, I, I understand it. No, but I, no, but I want to know what's when the audition process. How long does it usually take? Because people see it on TV and they go, oh, they go straight to the judges. When in actuality, you go through producer and then you go through another producer and then maybe you go through the show creator and then mm -hmm. you land on the judges for TV. Kind of how long was that process um, from the time you first auditioned to the time you got on TV? So uh, it was kind of weird when I auditioned. I auditioned much like I'm doing here on a Zoom call. Okay. I just got on there and sang and played for a producer and they said, well, we like it. We're going to send you to another room. So they sent me to another producer basically. And I played for them. And then they said, well, we really like it. We're going to send you on to the executive producers. You just do what you did in here for us. And uh, we'll probably see you in California. So that, you know, I got my hopes up. That got me really excited. And so I got in there and I, I sang for the executive producers and they said, um, you're really good. We'd like to see you come out and sing for the celebrity judges. Would you like to do that? And of course I said, uh, yeah. So, yeah. uh, I, 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 we flew out, that was in, uh, September and that was in like mid September and the first October we was out in, uh, San Diego filming. So it wasn't a very long process for me, but it was kind of a weird deal because I did the open call audition, which is, uh, you know, I didn't have to stand no line and it was middle of COVID. So, uh, and I, I was just, I was just honored to be out there and be a part of it. And, uh, I, uh, you know, went in there and sang for them judges and, you know, some behind the scene things, you know, I did five songs in my audition, but they only showed two on television. I did a, a Keith Whitley song. I did a George Jones song and a Hank Williams senior song. And then I did Haggard's big city. And then I did my own composition. I'm over used to get over me. So it, it, it kind of went all really quick. And, uh, I was, I made it to Hollywood and that was in December and Hollywood week, uh, spoiler alert is two weeks out there filming, <laughs> which right. is kind of funny to me, but you know, uh, that's, yeah. just, that's just TV. It's funny because I talked to uh chef Morass Scott and she was on one of those Gordon Ramsay shows. And when you see the TV, when, when you're watching the show, you see them cook every single day, every single day they're cooking. And she's like, that's not really how it works. You probably cook once a week, maybe twice, and on rare occasions three times. The other, the other six days, you're you're doing interviews, you're doing hair and makeup, you're doing dress yep. rehearsal, and she's like, you're wore out by the time it's happening. So, and and I understand that's it's crazy to see that, uh, you know, from from a perspective. And so when when you went in and you auditioned, and when when you're doing that, kind of, what's your mindset? Because and before I ask that, before before you answer that, Alex, I'm sorry. I know I'm all over the place. No, you're fine. But, uh, but when you're doing it, you know, is it when you let's just let's just say you performed. Um, I'm so lonesome I could cry. Let's just say you did that on a Zoom call, and they go, "Okay, you're going to do it." Were they kind of like you performed that for us? You can't do that in front of the judges. No, nothing like that. Okay. I, what was crazy about them judges is I, I didn't know. I had I prepared two songs. Right. Specifically. So, like, when Luke got up and did Big City with me, like, he just got up and brought his guitar up there. I had no idea what song he'd throw out. I had no idea of any of that. That was really just the most off-the-cuff natural yeah. thing that had ever happened to me. And uh, it, just, it just – we're just good country boys doing a good country song, and there really wasn't any – uh, there was no rehearsal for that, nothing. And that, I think that's hard for some people to believe. A lot of people thought right. that was a staged event, but it wasn't. I mean, that was genuinely 
that genuinely happened. Like I had no idea he was going to get up there and, and even throw out a Haggard song. If he could have thrown out any song ever, he threw out one I knew. So that was, that was cool for me. And, uh, we, uh, we really connected good. He's, he's a good, good guy. And, uh, you know, I haven't got to do the opera with him yet, but I'm, I'm still waiting on that, (laughs) but I know that at some point that's going to happen. And, I'm just, you know, waiting my time. I've waited, I waited 18, 19 years. I can wait just a little bit longer and uh, maybe I can get on there myself, you know, without right. any help. So that'd be cool too. So when you go in and you're prepared to sing two songs, like forget about what the TV showed us. I want to know when they say, sing another song, sing another song, sing another song. Are you nervous? Like, are you thinking, oh man, maybe they don't think I'm good enough. Like, like what was when they were going, sing one more, sing one more, what, what was kind of going through your head? Were you like, they really like me? Or is it like, do they like me? It, it, I knew they liked me because they, okay. they had pretty well already handed me that ticket. Uh, okay. They just wanted to see what else I can do. And so gotcha. they, it, it felt like, you know, when I, there's a little backstory, you know, before that, before the idol stuff, before everybody yeah. kind of got yeah. to know me, I'd, uh, I'd sang around little local, I, I guess you'd call them clubs and honky-tonks basically. And just done old country that was kind of my thing it was kind of my draw for the people around here and so i did that and uh it felt like i was back in the little old honky tonks with just me and my guitar doing requests and so you know i got requested we know i didn't speak he said i'm flown to my crowd that was one of the songs i did i did it i did tennessee whiskey and they said you know any modern stuff i said well i know tennessee whiskey but jones had the best cut on it so i did jones version of it yeah and then i did uh uh, don't close your eyes by Keith Whitley. So I did all those and you didn't see any of them, but you saw the, the one road and you saw a uh, big city. So, uh, you know, when they, they just kept throwing them out at me, I said, well, yeah, I, I can do that. You know, I can, yeah, of course I can. And you know, that's just what I've been doing my whole life. So uh, it was just a natural no brain thing for me. Did you see the George and Tammy show? Have you seen that? I've seen a couple episodes. I haven't really had time to sit down and watch yeah. it like I should, but I've heard really, really good things. My drummer is a Tammy Lynette fanatic, so and George <laughs> fanatic as well. So he he really enjoyed it. He he told me I should kind of get a hold of it, and I feel bad that I haven't. You know, I, and I want to bring this up to ask you a question, which I I interviewed Georgette, uh, the only oh, child really? of George and Tammy. I, I, yeah, I interviewed her a couple of weeks ago, and mainly because she's the executive producer on the show. And she was talking about how she would not do the show, would not do the movie, whatever they were making, until it was like at least 80% pot, like correct. Like she was like, it has to be correct because if it's not correct, then we're not going to do it because people want to get the show wrong. So when American Idol comes to you and they're doing, you know, they do the stories, they do all of that stuff, we're, were, were you nervous that they were going to put it in a different light? No, not, no, I really wasn't at all. Um, I could just tell they liked me, you know, okay. it, it seems like. And that may have been a bad question for me to ask, but I'm just. No, 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 no. That, that's, that's the right way to ask it too. Um, you know, because there was a lot of people I saw that answered things certain ways and, you know, could have been took one way or another, but you know, I was always, I don't know. I was always smart with the way I answered things. I thought about them. You know, they'd ask me something and I'd sit there for just a second and kind of get my thoughts together on things and I'd answer, you know, you're not, it's not good to always just jump out and answer something. Sometimes you got to get a little thought in there too. And, um, 
and I was just genuine. You know, I was 17, so I mean, I wasn't gonna say nothing too incriminating. Yeah, you know, I hadn't lived long enough to really <laughs> to really know too much. But uh, I, at the same time, I I tried to be smart with things. You know, like when they cut me from the show, I could have I could have got mad and, and and stormed off and cried my eyes out. But that just that's just not who I am. You know, I I did get upset, and you know. Anybody would be getting cut Every, from a show right. like that. But at the same time, I took it with grace and I took it with stride because I knew that wasn't the end for me. That was just the beginning of my career. So um, that that was my mindset after getting cut from the show, Alex. This ain't the end. This is only the beginning for you. So uh, make the most of it. And I just thanked them for having me on the show and uh, told them to have a – I think I said – this didn't make air. I said, take care, have a Merry Christmas is what I told them because we filmed it in December. So that's what I said. Uh, and uh, – I didn't know what else to say. I just said thank you, and, and I had a great time out here. Yeah. So one thing that, that you did that a lot of people haven't had the chance to do is play the Ryman. And so <laughs> yes. what – I don't want to know what the experience was like because I know you – I've heard you talk about it before. But what's your mindset going into that? Like, are, you know, like, are, are you anxious? <laughs> are you what's, – what's your mindset going into it? The beautiful thing about playing there was the people that I got to bring with me, namely my grandparents and my mom and my dad, you know, they had, my mom and dad, they were the reason I did idle and they both got to go with me. But, uh, you know, and they, and they deserve every credit that's, that's due as far as, you know, me being who I am. Uh, right. but my, my papa, but he got to be at the rhyme and he got to go see the grand Ole Opry whenever it was at the rhyme in the sixties. And so, you know, seeing me up there, I know that, had to be a very, very proud moment for him. And it was a proud moment for the both of us. I got a great picture of us both there at the, the Ryman Auditorium. And now since he's passed, you know, that means so much more than it, than it even did then. So, um, you know, that, that was a, that was a religious moment for me in my life. Cause yeah. you know, it was like things are coming full circle for me, you know, um, doing really well and getting to play places like the Ryman, you know, there uh, really isn't anything any better. And, uh, the Ryman uh, was my Nashville debut. That was the first time I played in Nashville was at the Ryman Auditorium. So, mm -hmm. uh, that was, that was really a cool thing too. So, uh, nowhere but up from there, hopefully. <laughs> you know, I, I see a lot of myself in you as in, sure. You wanted to perform at the Ryman who doesn't want to, but you wanted to do it because it meant something to your grandparents. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like it's like, I had like Jeannie Seeley. I had her on the podcast and I knew that she was my grandmother's favorite person in the world. And for me to do that and to surprise her and be like, guess who I had on the podcast? And, and you know, just see her face go like, Oh my God, because Jeannie was nice enough to record a video of herself to my grandmother. And, oh, that's it, was, awesome. and it was one of the coolest things. And it was like, you know what? That's a proud moment. Now it's cool that you got to do it but it's 10 times cooler that you got to do it because someone else loves it so much. Yeah. And you know, that, that's, that's the things you'll keep with you the rest of your life. Like I'll, I'll always remember my granddad and you'll always remember that about your, about your grandma too. So uh, it, it, th those are the things that last a lifetime. They really are. Yeah, man. So look, I, I, I want to ask for 10 more minutes. If you're cool with that, I just got well, a yeah, of course. questions to do. Uh, but first what I want to do, you have your guitar. I wasn't prepared for, for this, but I want to do an exclusive for the a first time podcast exclusive. Could you do a okay. verse and a course of when God made the South, which is your new song. And we'll just, we're going to put it exclusively on the social medias and on YouTube. Cause since we can't put songs on a uh, podcast anymore, Apple, 
we need to do something about that. So, could you give me a verse in the course of uh, when God? Of course made this I song? can. All right. Yeah. Of course go. I can. Come on, come on. <laughs> That's so good, man. I I just love the. And I appreciate that you're not afraid to show who you are, even if you do or don't get played on country radio. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're not hiding mm-hmm. the fact that you're from Kentucky, you're a farmer's nope. child, and you're going to you, – you know what I mean? Like, does that make sense? Like, you don't care yeah. if you get played. You're going to do exactly what you're doing, like a Frank Foster, or like a Cody Johnson type of thing before, you know, they actually blew up. They didn't care what the mainstream saw as long as you saw that they were genuine and they sang what they wanted to. And that that's that's the most important thing to me. Um, yeah. because if, if you don't believe it when I sing it, then what's, what the hell's the point in me singing it? You know, I, that's right. the truth. You know, I mean, I'm wasting my time and your time and that ain't nothing. Uh, so if that's, that's what I, I try to tell these guys that, you know, produce me and, and pitch my records. I say, listen, fellas, I mean, it might be a great song, but it ain't mine. I said, it might be a great song for somebody else, but I said, I know what my sound is. And, you know, I'm trying to step out. Uh, I love traditional country and I'm always will be connected with that. And we'll always record stuff that will, I uh, don't matter what I sing, it's right. going to sound like a traditional country song or a traditional country person singing it. So with God, when God made the South, I told my producer, I said, you know, I've always liked, and this is the truth. I like kiss and I like ACDC and I like all that kind of stuff. You know, just because I sing traditional country music, that means I can't appreciate other things. And uh, I said, I want this song to be like George Strait and kiss had a baby I want it. That's what I want it to sound like. And, yeah. you know, that's kind of what we got. And um, that that's the thing. You know, I I, I love old country, but it, it just isn't getting radio play like it used to. And uh, at the end of the day, I want to be competitive enough and but still have enough traditional values in me that I don't, you know, I don't want to go back on what I've done. You know, I'm a traditional country singer. And like I said, I'll always put that stuff out, but I want to be competitive as well. And I'm trying to find that line. So a couple more questions for it. I'll let you go, Alex. I know you got a busy day. Uh, have you, what's the last concert that you went to and what did you take from it? Like whether it be physically taken from it or like mentally working taken from it. You know, I, uh, people ask me about shows and, you know, I, I, I don't get to go to many, but the right. few that I get to go to, I like, I went and saw a guy named uh, Kid G. He was kind of, he sounded like a rap country guy which is kind of an odd one for me to go to. But um, at the same time, I, you know, I can get something out of that. He, he was a great showman, you know, and, and that's uh, part of my, I think, my draw as well. You know, I try to put on a, as about as entertaining a show as I possibly can. We're, we do some corny, hokey kind of things, but we do some serious songs as well. And, you know, I, 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 put, I try to make a good blend of, the, of a show. Uh, the last person I went and saw, I cannot remember um, – it might have been uh so I saw I saw him, I saw Winona, this Winona Jet. Okay, and it was her, with her new toy. Her new yeah. tour. Yeah. Yeah. Uh her Faith Hill, uh Martina McBride was on there as well. So that, there was three or four pretty good size, you know, artists and acts. And so that was a that was a cool one to go see. Um and what yeah. I got from her was, you know, she was like me. You know, she appreciated her Kentucky roots. That's what she yeah. all because I saw her in Lexington. So um she made sure to, you know, make the people right. of Kentucky feel good. And, yeah. you know, we, we, we're pretty good folks around here. I like to think, and sometimes we're not represented well in media and like movies and things like that. So, uh, 
I, 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 it's, it's, that's the best compliment and best thing I get and, and will always be is whenever folks around here say, well, Alex, we really just appreciate you representing us well and making us look good on television and stuff. So, and that's kind of what I picked up from Winona. She was talking about where she came from here in Kentucky. And, um, you know, I always will, will put that in my show because I, and it don't matter where you're from, if you're from Kentucky or Texas, Arkansas, California, you need to be proud of where you're from. And, uh, that's, that's my message to folks, you know, own who you are. Don't run from it, own it because you're unique. You know, there's not, yeah. there's not, not everybody's from Lancaster, Kentucky. Not everybody's from Mississippi, you know? So, uh, you got to take who you are and run with it. Uh, I, you know, I think that's been my success is I'm from Lancaster, Kentucky. And that's, that's, I honestly give it all to that. Yeah. I, I, uh, am, I'm going to see Brooks and Dunn. They're coming to oh, buddy. You're going to be in for treat. They're, they're coming to the Coliseum in Biloxi here, uh, in a couple of months and they're coming with Scotty McCrary. Uh, I, I am excited because Brooks and Dunn, you know, it's, it's Brooks and Dunn. Who wouldn't be excited? But I went, They don't suck, boy. I tell you. I, they, I, they, they don't suck. <laughs> <laughs> I, I went and, uh, for me, I went and saw Kiss, right? They come oh, to, really? They come to Biloxi, man. And that, that's a hell of a show. But I took away, well, so when they perform, you know, they, they, when the, their final song, they sing rock and roll all night, obviously. I took like a handful of confetti. Just because it was like the cool thing, I just picked it up off the floor, stuffed it in my pocket, and like I have it framed with a um, I got a signed drum kit <clears throat> from Kiss, and so I have the confetti inside with the drum kit. But what I took away from it, like mentally, is because when I saw Kiss, I was like, it's once in a lifetime, right? You're, you're never gonna right. see these guys again. Because and when they played my favorite song, which happens to be Beth just emotion Great song. emotion just come over you because you're like i'm in this moment right now watching one of the greatest bands who ever exist and you take away from it as in you can do something if you put your mind to it because they were the ones they were the ones opening up for aerosmith opening up for whoever blowing them out of the water and they were getting kicked off tours because they were blowing the main act out of the water and you know, they did it. And so it's like, if you put your mind to it, be better than the person in front of you and you're going to get noticed in, in, in a very humble and good way. Yeah. Uh, there was two things I remember my papa saying, it's not if and when it's not if it's when, and you know, that was always my, when I was taking guitar lessons, I remember always struggling to play like a F chord or something. And he'd say, just keep adding Alex. It's not if it's when. And you yeah. make it. And he said, it's not, you know, I always remember that. And another thing he always told me was always dress for the job that you want, not the one that you have. And so, um, Kiss definitely does that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Alex, look, man, I am grateful for this 40. However, however long we've been on here, I, I could talk to you forever. It feels like, um, <laughs> and I, and I, I appreciate your time. And if I said anything or asked anything out of, out of the way, it's again, it's no. not on purpose. So I hope I made you and your brand look well. So uh, now the floor is yours. Take as long as you need to, to promote anything and everything that you want to. Okay. Well, uh, make sure to go out and check me out on Spotify. If you haven't followed me over there, my music speaks for me. So uh, make sure to go check that out. If you want to know more about me, that's the best place is over at Spotify. Uh, also, if you want to keep up with me on all the social media platforms, my handle is the same thing for all of them. Uh, it's A Miller Music at TikTok, at Instagram, Facebook, 
all that good stuff. A. Miller Music. Go look me up over there, and I'll have a little blue check beside me. Uh, also, I got some new music coming out here before too long, a brand-new single, and uh, y'all make sure to stay on board for that. It's going to be really, really good. It's a little more uh, – how do I say this? A little more uh, sexy side of Alex Miller, <laughs> I guess we could say it that way. But uh, make sure to stick around for that. Check me out on all the social media platforms, A. Miller Music. Thank you so much, and thank you all for having me on the HodgePodge here today. Thank, thank you, Alex. I, I really appreciate it. This is going to go up on Friday, uh, okay. except for the, the music portion. I'm going to put it up on Friday, but it's only going to be on socials uh, okay. for, just for legal reasons for the podcast. Um, so, yeah, man, it's going to be up on Friday. I'll tag you on all this stuff. I'll send it over to your people. And uh, I thank you for coming on. I, I really do. Well, it's been my pleasure. And thank you. If you need me for anything, again, I, like I said, i got some music coming out here before too long. Yep. So we might get back on here and do something like this again. Sound good to you? That, hey, man, I, I would love that. I would love to have you back on and uh, we'd play some more music. That sounds like plan to me, man. Thank you so much. Thank you, man. Hope, hope I asked questions nobody else asked. So <laughs> You did. You did. Yeah, ask about the music equipment. I never get asked about stuff like that. So uh, it was nice to talk. talk uh, it was kind of nerdy, but it was nice to talk that today. <laughs> All right, Alex. Have a good one, brother. Thank you. You too. Take care.